Hey everybody, I hope you're all well as you join us this week for Greenville Vineyard's next message. We're in the third of our heroic series where we're looking at different aspects of how God invites us into his work of redemption here on earth, where he He wants to empower us by his Holy Spirit to be kingdom advances, and he wants to he wants us to step into the life he's prepared for us. He wants us to return to our original calling. He wants to give us life in all its fullness. He wants us to be a part of his family. And as he goes about his work here on earth, he invites us to partner with him. In the vineyard, we call that living the naturally supernatural lifestyle. And in an essence, we're called to be heroic. We're called to be in the business of rescuing people, of saving people, of bringing them in to their destiny, into their relationship with God they were always meant to have. And so this week we're continuing in that series and we're looking at something that's really insen- that's sorry, that's really essential uh, for every heroic journey, and that is the fellowship. Uh, what do I mean by the fellowship? Well, it's the group of people you do life with. It's the it's the community that you're in. It's the folk who help you as you go along on that trip. So depending on what type of stories or movies or books you're into, you might know who Frodo is from Lord of the Rings. You know, when he when it dawns on him that he's the one that needs to take this evil ring and get it destroyed, they give him a fellowship, a group of people to help him along the way because he can't do it himself. Even though he's the chosen one, he still can't do it by himself. And in the end, we should... It shows us that he really needed the help of his friends to get the job done. Or, you know, you might be into other things like my kids read uh, uh, the series about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. And it's the same thing. It's the whole mythology of Zeus and Poseidon and all these people. And there's this Hercules type character, Percy Jackson. He's half human, half half deity and he has to go on these quests to save the world and even in that story he can't do it by himself he needs his little group of friends his fellowship his community his team to help him get all that stuff done and you know these stories teach us a deep truth about what it means to be human and it's a deep spiritual truth too and it's this we are not meant to do these things alone we're not meant to do life alone We're not meant to pursue our calling in God alone. God hasn't set it up that way. He's designed us as human beings to need one another, to live in community, to press forward as a group, not as individuals. And so that's what we're going to dig into today. That's what we're going to explore. So why don't you pray with me before we jump into Hebrews chapter 10 for our reading today. Father, thank you that it's not your heart for us to be alone that you want us to be a part of something bigger, uh, that you want us to do things. You call us into, into amazing things, into influencing the lives of other people. But you call us to do it as part of a team, not alone. And so this, today as we just dig into this verse, would you speak to each one of us? Would you use my words to encourage others, Lord, to follow you with all they have with others? In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, you can open up to Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to start reading from verse 19. And if you don't have a Bible, it'll appear on the screen and you can follow along that way. And this is what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place 
because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Isn't that great news? Jesus has made us clean. And even though we feel guilty and even though we feel unworthy to be anywhere near a good God, we can go forward with confidence because we know that Jesus is cleaning us and Jesus' guiltlessness is on us. Let's continue in verse 23. It says, And let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, there was this intensity in the early church, and sometimes, you know, when God's working in your life, you can feel that same intensity as well, is that he is on the move, he's doing something. We have no idea when he's going to return. It could be tomorrow, it could be another thousand years, but there's an intensity about it because we know that Every single human being walking on this earth, God wants to rescue them. He wants to save them. And so in this passage that I've read to you today, there's just loads and loads of good stuff. But I really want to focus on the community aspect of this passage, namely this thing about, you know, this togetherness that it talks about. It keeps talking about the we, the plural, and, and, and it's affirming as you get to the end of the passage, it affirms the need to be in regular contact with the fellowship, with the, with the brothers and sisters in our faith, to get the job done. You know, it's that community that gives us a sense of belonging and helps us to empower and encourage one another to be all that God has called us to be. And this is an important truth that you and I both have to grapple if we're going to be followers of Jesus in this life. We are called to be in community. That's just the way it is. We're called to be a part of a body, a part of a family that gets God's work done. You know, we all know the stereotypes out there of the recluse who lives in the mountain. Someone who is a little weird, they have weird ideas, and they really struggle with interpersonal skills. They just don't like other people. They want to be alone. Equally, in the spiritual sense, we all know about the stereotype of somebody who becomes the church of one. It's someone who can really not get over the faults of the communities of believers that they've been in. Um, they get frustrated with other people and they just get to the point where they just don't want to serve God with anybody else anymore. That everybody else is wrong, that everybody else is, is just flawed and they've had enough. And so they go home and they form the church of one. And no one else goes to it, it's just them. And they create their own little theological bubble and they justify what they're doing through their experiences or whatever. But they're by themselves. Uh, they're not looking for anybody to join their church and nobody else really wants to go there either. That kind of person, I'm sure you might have met someone. Now the sad thing is that the results of these isolations is that people close themselves off to all that God is inviting them into. You know, God invites us to bring life to others. That is the call of the follower of Jesus. Part of your big calling, part of your, the reason you were created was for you to bring life to other people and to bring God's life to creation. And we have to, in order to do that, we need to be in contact with people. And Jesus, through his teachings to his disciples and beyond, 
tells us quite clearly that we're to do that as part of his family, his fellowship of people, his church, his bride. And so whenever we isolate ourselves from that, it causes us to miss out on the very important relationships that help us grow, both through encouragement and through conflict. You know, both of those are important. And so wisdom tells us that we need to dig into those things because when we end up alone and we don't dig into those things, we become weak. It's that whole saying that you may have heard, united we stand, but divided we fall. And so to be strong and to grow in our faith, to to go about God's business and to do all that he's asked us to do, we need to be in a strong fellowship. We need to be in active relationships with a group of people who are on the same quest as us, digging in and moving forward and encouraging one another when it gets difficult, because it will get difficult. It always does. And you know, this was close to Jesus' heart, and we can see this in his prayer to the, to the Father just before he goes off to be crucified. And you can see it in John chapter 17, if you have a Bible, and I'll read from verse 20 for you. And Jesus says this, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's you and I. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And it's talking about the sense of family, of of oneness, of togetherness, of of going through life as a community. That's really what this, this, this prayer is getting to. And it's this whole aspect of being together makes us stronger. That's important. But also being together points other people to the truth of Jesus. And so community is important. Being in it is important. It's important for you to grow. But one thing you really need to understand, and this brings in my second point today, is this. You get out of the fellowship, the community, whatever you put into it. So those of you who have ever been on any type of sports team will know this. It's a great illustration. Players on a sports team get as much out of the game and the team as they put in. Not only that, but when they put in more than as much as they can, 100% of themselves, the team benefits by their efforts. But when they don't put in any effort, when they only put in a little bit of themselves, when they're really out for themselves or selfish, the team loses out and isn't as good as it could be because of that, because that particular individual chooses not to participate to the best of their ability. You know, it's the, it's, it's the case of if you only show up half the time, you're only going to get the benefit or half the benefits that are there available for you. And you know, there are a lot of followers, followers of Jesus out there who live this way. Even before coronavirus, even before we had an excuse to stay at home and just watch church and TV. You know, there were people who just were just not engaging, not getting into a community, not blessing a fellowship somewhere that needed somebody like them to be there. And the Bride of Christ has in the past and even today loses out because of it. Because you know, you and I are the part of the solution or a part of the problem. We are never ever neutral. And so to seek to build relationship is so important. To seek to be a part of a fellowship is so important. Even in these times of coronavirus, you might be somebody that's 
really restricted. You can't be around a lot of people. Don't let that be an excuse for you. Find other ways. Find ways to get in touch with people through online mediums, uh, through through Zoom calls, find a Zoom small group, or even have a regular FaceTime call with friends, people you know who are on the same journey as you so that you continue, continually encourage one another to keep going. Do what you can to connect. It's really, really important. Because as we go through life, we've all got to realize one thing. It takes all of us to make this thing work. You know, you aren't in your church, your friendship group, the small little cluster of follows Jesus, your small group, whatever it is that you do, wherever you connect with people, you're not in that by accident. God hasn't brought those people into your life just by chance. He's put them in your life to help you be all that you can be, to help you fulfill all that he's called you to do. And just as important, he's put you in that group to help the other people in there to fulfill all that he's called them to do and all that he, all who he has called them to be. And you've got to take both sides of that coin really seriously and embrace both sides. Don't just be in a community because of what you can get out of it. Go be in one because you know that you've been created to be a contributor, to be somewhere in a community where you are a blessing to other people, where you bring life to others. It's kind of like a kingdom term, you know, God is promising us life in all us all our fullness. You know, think of it as God putting a, a big banqueting table out before you and and uh, he's inviting all these people to the banquet. Well, you know, if you're not at the banquet, you're not going to get to eat the good food, are you? And, you know, church is a little bit like that. Your small group is a little bit like that. The group of friends that you have, your your small little fellowship that maybe you, you encourage each other and pray with is just like that. There's a banquet there. There's a banquet of spiritual strengthening, of fellowship, of life, of friendship, of family. And you're only going to enjoy the fullness of the banquet if you're there, if you're present, if you're with those other people. And so you've got to, you've got to do what you can to get with those people, be it in in physical in a physical space together, or if you're in a place where there's big lockdowns and you can't get together physically, make the effort to get to get together online through a group telephone call, FaceTime, whatever it is that you have. And it's not as good, it's not the best, but you just you still need that communication. You still need that connection to be together. And that's what you've got to do if you want to have the good stuff of the kingdom. And if you want to be the good stuff of the kingdom to other people. And that's our short message for the day today. Is this whole notion of we've got to be a part of a fellowship. You know, we're on a journey. The journey is not one that we take by ourselves. And often we, we feel like we should. You know, I don't know if you've ever felt this or you've ever had this conversation with someone who's gone through a hard time. And they say something like, I know God should be enough for me, but I feel like I need a little bit more. And you know, sometimes we teach that in church. We teach people, hey, you should be able to live your life just you and Jesus. You know, Jesus should be enough for you, more than enough for you. And we kind of feel like that's true. We kind of believe that. And then we feel guilty when we feel like Jesus isn't enough. And and we, we struggle with this. And you know, I think... We do one another a disservice when we speak to each other like that because I think one day it will be like that. But I, 
maybe not, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I don't think that's the way God has made things to be. I'm going to tell you the truth. I think Jesus is enough. That's the way it's supposed to be. But actually, Jesus reveals himself through people. The fact of the matter is, is when you go through hard times and when you go through good times, God wants to be with you in that. And yes, he's there by his Holy Spirit, by his own physical presence. But God is a God of community. He exists in a three-in-one kind of thing that is a real mystery to us. And when we live this life, this kingdom life with God, he expects the same of us. He expects us to live the way he lives. And so... When we're depending on Jesus, actually, we're depending on him bringing people into our lives. And when those people come into our lives, we need to let them come in. We need to let them be a support to us, a strength of, a strength to us, a presence to us. Not really articulating it as well as I wanted today, but I think you get the drift of what I'm talking about. Is when you say that thing, you're trying to be super spiritual. Oh, you know, Jesus should just be enough, just me and Jesus. Actually, I don't think Jesus is agreeing with you on that one. I think Jesus is saying... Yeah, but actually, I want you to live in community like I live in community with my Father and the Holy Spirit. And one day you're going to be fully in this community with us. But right now, when you're going through life, when you're following me, and you're going through difficulties, I want you to do this with other people because I am going to help you and strengthen you through those other people. And if you isolate those other people, you're not going to get the best from me that you want to get. I think that's what Jesus is saying to us. And so when we, you know, feel guilty because we feel like we can't go just numero uno, us and Jesus, I think I think we're believing a bit of a half-truth there. It doesn't work that way. The fullness of Jesus is found, yes, in our one-on-one relationship with him, but it's also found in the community and the family that he calls us to be a part of. And so I just invite you to ponder that today. Think about it a little bit. Munch on it, uh, metaphorically speaking. And um, if there's some things you need to do to take a step of faith today and do it, get connected with somebody, get connected with the community. But for now, how about we just be still for a moment and invite God's Holy Spirit to rest on each one of us wherever we are. Let me pray. Father, thank you that you're here in each of these rooms, wherever we are, by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the folks that have watched and just uh, listen through this message. I pray right now you would be present with them. Holy Spirit, would you come? Come be on each one of us. Fill us. Encourage us. Bring us your peace. Lord, we need your peace in a world that is full of strife and anxiety. And what I might have been speaking about today, you might be all in on that. You might have something else that's kind of been bothering you today. And I just encourage you, whatever that is, that you just bring that before the Lord right now. Just invite God into whatever it is. Maybe you've got something you need to be thankful for and you just need to give God credit for some good stuff that's going on in your life. Maybe you've got some struggles going on and you need to invite God into that and uh, pray that he helps you through that. And maybe you just need peace because you've been anxious, especially through this election season. Sometimes we we uh, get worked up a little bit too much 
during this period of time. And you just need God to come and recenter you and remind you about who's really in charge. Whatever it is, let God rest on you right now. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this today and you're thinking, yeah, I don't know anything about this, but I do know that I need to get right with God. You're aware that you know, things you've done wrong in life, sin is, is on you and it's stopping you from being who you were made to be, who you were created to be. And uh, you know that you don't know your creator. You're not sure about where your physical future lies and even your eternal future. And I just want to say to you today that the gospel says this, that apart from God, we're all lost. But God sent Jesus so that we could all be found again, that we could be saved, that we could be forgiven for our sins, and that we could find our purpose once again, our created purpose in God. And God's inviting you into his family today. And if you want to accept that invitation, you want to be forgiven for your sins, you want to be given life in all its fullness now and eternal life after you die, then I encourage you to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior right now and pray your best prayer, surrender your whole life to him, ask him to forgive you for your sins. If you're not sure what to, what to say, hang on for a bit. A slide's going to come up at the end of this message and you can text a number, text Jesus to that number and we'll send you a little prayer that you can pray to get you started. The prayer is not to start in the end, it just starts you on this journey of following Jesus. Then we'll try and get in contact with you and get you some resources to help get you on your way. But if you're far away from us, I encourage you to contact a local church. Tell them that you've decided to follow Jesus and they'll begin to help you with some, some resources and tips on how you can do this thing well. But for now, I'm just going to close by praying a prayer of blessing over you. And it goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for listening. Be blessed. Have a great week. And whatever God's leading you to do right now today, make sure you do something about it. Be blessed and goodbye.